Welcome to the Share What You Learned podcast. I'm Amy Patricic, a learning enthusiast and the host of the show. The Share What You Learned podcast is designed for learning professionals to share something they're learning in the field of instructional design. Today, I'm talking to Cheryl Oberlin about finding your niche. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate you having me on as a guest today. What a treat. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional experience, maybe, so we can get to know you? Sure, absolutely. Right now, I'm the assistant director for the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communication online graduate programs. Basically, that means I manage an in-house team of instructional designers for all of our online graduate programs and certificates, plus I'm responsible for their curriculum. In former lives, I've been an English and speech teacher and also worked at corporate for 15 years. Well, thanks so much for that introduction, Cheryl. It sounds like you have a really cool opportunity to see a lot of different instructional designers, their approaches, how they handle projects, workflows, all of those kinds of things. So it sounds like a really cool place to be. Yeah, absolutely. We have a wide range of ages and creative talent, so it's uh, something new every day. So one of the things, or not one of the things, but the thing we're going to talk today about is about finding your niche in learning and development. And I think what you just shared about your professional experience is a great example of that, a niche like not many people get to be in a position like you and oversee a handful of instructional designers all doing different kinds of workflows and things. So I I definitely want to go down that path, but let's kind of start at the beginning and talk about what what do you mean by niche and why is finding your niche niche important? Sure, absolutely. Well, normally, if you think about it, a niche is important for folks in the business world because they want to find a unique offering that they can take to market and places them in a sweet spot, so to speak. No one else offers their product or service, so there's little competition and they can maximize their sales. But in terms of instructional design, my thought of a niche is a portion of the industry where you want to focus your positive energies to help people in some form or fashion. For example, if you want to help students, you'll likely go to education like I did. If you want to help corporate employees, then there's a wide variety of industries you can specialize in. A niche serves as a concentration almost for you to sharpen your skills in relation to one specific area like instructional design. So I'm thinking about when I was early on in my job search, I was broad umbrella learning and development. And what I learned in that is when you're broad like that and just learning and development, sometimes it's hard to find it's almost like you're too general and you don't have enough specifics. And so it's hard to kind of prove to a hiring manager that you would be a good fit because they're not convinced that you want that job. You're just kind of like a catch all. And so what I like that you're calling out about instructional design is there is actually like a niche pathway to get into instructional design. Maybe pathway is not the best word, but in terms of like a unique skill set, a unique set of tools, a unique understanding of learning, enablement, those kinds of things. And I think that's, it's not something that's necessarily talked about a whole lot. And I think you're putting really clear language to that thing that's not talked about a lot. So how do you think someone can figure out their niche? Do you have any tips or tricks or recommendations for somebody to figure that out? I mean, I figured out mine was instructional design. You found your niche. What's a good pathway to discover that? Absolutely. I think finding a niche is through trial and error. This is one reason why I have three master's degrees. <laughs> I thought I'd love to be in business project management. Once I got in the MBA classes, I found out it was analytical, no creative, and involves way too much math. So I thought that's not going to work. 
those are not my strong suits. After the MBA, I received a master's in instructional design and education technology, and I found out that I love, love, love that field, so to speak. However, at the time, I thought that I would be a doer of instructional design. So with practice through freelancing, I found out that I'm a much better ID manager than the actual instructional designer. My specialty is to help others by supporting them and providing them with resources so they're successful in their job. So basically, I found this out through trial and error. I will advocate or second that you are really good at supporting people. That's that's so many ways and spaces I've seen you show up in support of people. And so I will absolutely second that, that you found your niche. Thank you. But I also like that you're calling out the trial and error factor. I think a lot of people go to school and assume I got this degree. I know where I'm going. Like it just next logical step, next logical step. And I think some people do experience that. I think there's also a lot lot of professionals who get out there and figure it out, kind of like you were saying. And I know you and I have both been career pivoters at different seasons in life. And so honoring that process to me, I mean, it makes my heart happy for a lot of reasons, but a big one being like, we're learning professionals. So we understand the learning process and like the learning process is not getting something right the first time. It's having an opportunity to learn something, to flex a new muscle, to try something and maybe get it wrong, but you're in a safe space to do that. Right. And it's constant improvement, Um, you know, self-improvement, knowledge improvement, skill set improvement. That's the way I see it. Kind of piggybacking off of that, what are some places you point people? Because you're you're the resource queen too. I'm also just going <laughs> to give you that shout out. <laughs> um, but where are some places or spaces you point people as they're looking at gaining some of those skills? I always send them to a site that's owned by Sarah, the Teaching and uh, Teaching and Learning Path. Teaching a path to L and D. Yeah, that's it. I always point them towards Sarah's Teaching a Path to L and D because there's a monumental amount of free resources on that website. And it can really help people understand what the position is, because lots of people come into it blind and don't know what it is, make assumptions and then find out too late that they're wrong after they've spent money on an academy or a training or a certificate. At least this way, you're in in a community of folks who are experienced in it, many mentors, and they can help you find your way. I love that resource as well. I'll be sure to include it in the show notes. If you're listening and aren't familiar with this, you're missing out. Sarah Stevick has this community called Teaching a Path to L&D, a community of people looking to transition out of the classroom teaching and into mostly instructional design, but other roles as well. And she has compiled a list of free resources galore that include everything from certifications to courses to webinars. Just as Cheryl was saying, like, it's even going to use the words like risk-free in the sense you just try it out, try it on, see if you like it, see if it fits. Yeah. And she also has free workshops too. So if you want to know how to change your resume, if you want to know what what a portfolio is and how to create one, she has free workshops where you can learn information about those kinds of things. Another tip I will also advise is identify people on LinkedIn who have Mm -hmm. identified as an expert in something. So if they post a lot about Adobe products, or if they post a lot about stakeholder management, it's a good cue that like, oh, this person is a one, just a good person to follow because you're going to be getting a lot of content that they're putting out there. But also too, if you have a question, you can always ping them on LinkedIn and ask them. They may not answer, but they also might where the learning and development field is full of helpful people. 
Yeah, and that's exactly how I came to know um, a lot of people in this field was just following them on LinkedIn, watching what they do in conference presentations, going to their webinars, uh, just really getting to know them and what their what their expertise was. I can also attest to this. She's been a lot of places. <laughs> She's, uh, there was a season where we'd both be like, oh, we're in this webinar. Oh, we're in this class together and just continue to find ourselves in the same spaces. Yeah, absolutely. It's because I love learning. So the three master's degree part, right? <laughs> yes, three master's degree and contemplating the free doctorate. So bravo. I'm behind you. I'm cheering for you. <laughs> My husband rolled his eyes. <laughs> yeah, but it's free. This one was free. This one will be free, right? Exactly. And I said, you can't pass up Dr. Oberlin. He just rolled his eyes. Well, piggybacking off that last bit, you were just saying not about the part about your husband rolling his eyes, but about LinkedIn and things. I'm curious what role networking could play in finding your niche and what you'd have to say about that. Sure. Networking to me is very vital when you're searching for the right fit. Um, basically trying to find your niche, you need help from the other experts. It's helpful to make the connections and learn what others do in their jobs for that specific area of interest. Plus, as I said, looking up um, or going to conference presentations or workshops, seeing people give these presentations is another way, great way to determine if you're interested and even passionate about a field. You never know if you're going to meet someone who can help you find a job, facilitate a job interview, or even import, uh, even point you in the directions of upskilling with a credible vendor. Um, and I say credible for a reason, because there's lots of people out there who will try to take your money um, and have no qualms about it. Um, so make sure you're searching for a credible, credible vendor. And there's leading experts in your field of interest. They've already found their niche. So talk to them and find out if it would be a good fit for you. Talk about your strengths, talk about your weaknesses. So over 80 people transfer from teaching to in the classroom. Uh, working in instructional design or other communications fields. I've mentored them, and as they built their skill set, really coached them on finding their passion. Some were a fit for what they originally thought would be their niche, and others found out they didn't really like that, and they found another fit, and some of them are still searching. What a cool track record. You said 80 people you helped transition? Yep, 80 folks over the last few years who wanted to leave the classroom and, and move into a different field. Very cool. What would you say in terms of those initial connections that you make with people, whether it be running into them at a conference or participating in their webinar, seeing them on LinkedIn, we've all heard, and I think everyone can pretty much be in agreement that if you start with an ask, just go straight and be like, hey, can you help me with this? Right. Or hey, can you mentor? It, it usually doesn't go well. So what are some ways to kind of bridge that gap? Yeah. Well, one of the best ways, I think, is to read their information, watch their presentations, um, go to their website, go to their blog, find something that you know that they're passionate about that you can connect with and just send them a note saying, hey, I noticed that you're very passionate about helping students. I am as well. I'd love to connect with you and leave it at that and see if they come back to you. Most likely they'll accept your connection because if you um, start out with a sales pitch that you want them to buy your product or want them to mentor you, um, people are going to close the door on you really fast. So try to create and cultivate a relationship is the first first two steps. I always think of the uh, the phrase like most, my mom said it, most moms say like, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. You know, that model. Have you had in your LinkedIn inbox or your email inbox where someone just pings you immediately with, can you help me with this? Can you do that? And you're like, just rub the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. What I hear you saying is really connecting with a person first. 
doing your research, identifying their passions. Right. I get a lot of requests to have a virtual coffee or a virtual tea or, or soda. And those kind of turn me off, I'll be honest, because I don't know this person. I don't, they don't know anything about me. And they're wanting to, you know, sit down on Zoom and have a conversation. Well, I don't really have anything to talk about to them too. So if they create a relationship with me and try to cultivate it, maybe in a month or two down the road, that would be a perfectly fine, you know, activity is to have a virtual coffee with them. But initially, right out of the right out of the gate, that's something that turns me off. One last question for you here, Cheryl. Do you think that you need a niche to get a good fit job? I think you need a niche to have a solid career and to contribute to the planet in a way that you are passionate about. It also helps for you to love what you do when you're searching for that perfect job. For example, I worked in corporate for many years before I decided I really hated it because everyone is concerned with the bottom line of the dollar related to revenue. My question was always about what about helping the people? I found out that that's not top of mind in corporate, but it is in higher education. So helping students is what we do in higher education. And my fit, my niche is working for a post-secondary institution and ensuring my team creates top-notch courses that will help learners be successful. I can speak personally. When I found my niche, I found my favorite job. Yeah, exactly. Me too. You're in the right place, doing the right thing, and totally in love with it all because every part of your professional world feels in alignment. Yeah. I mean, you work a really hard day and you can get exhausted, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm working my dream job and I still say, I can't believe they're paying me for this. We did talk about that before we hit record. And I was just so happy for you that you're in a place where you're experiencing that alignment, found your niche in your groove and just loving it. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. One of my great stories regarding the UF is and the, you know, I went to school there in 1986, and I had a wonderful time and a 1.5 GPA, so I got kicked out. And you know, here I am coming back, however many decades later, and teaching there and working there as an assistant director. So it's kind of funny and kind of kind of great in a, in a good way. Come full circle and seeing both that you were talking about earlier, the, you know, kind of success and failure of, of the learning process and it all. It's like you've seen both sides at University of Florida. And <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and transition over to the rapid round. I'm going to start off with something that you get to fill in the blank. Cheryl, learning is? Continual. I wholeheartedly agree. This one I'm excited because I don't know where you're going to go with this. <laughs> When you're mustering up the courage to learn something new, what song do you put on? There are two. One is Garth Brooks' Colin Baton Rouge because it is just fast and catchy. And he talks or sings so really fast in a couple of places that I actually can sing that song along with him. And it, I don't know, it just kind of cracks me up and also mellows me out at the same time. And the second one is McGuffey Lane. They're an Ohio band and they have a song called People Like You. And it's all about being a nice person, being a nice human. And I really like that one too. If you want to know one of Cheryl's passions, that would be it. Being a good human in the world and spreading kindness and positivity. That is absolutely it. The Garth Brooks, though, that did throw me for a little bit of a loop. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I love a lot of Garth Brooks songs. You're asked to do a brand new task with a skill set you do not yet have. Where do you turn? I'd turn to LinkedIn. You know, there's so many LinkedIn learning videos and they're all, you know, free. and 
people on there are just really experts. You can track them down in their field. You can go to their own websites, their own blogs, and find out information free as well. It's a landmine, like in a good way. There's so much stuff in there if you're willing to look, search, connect with the right people. Agree. Without learning, fill in the rest. The world would be stagnant, boring place. Cheryl, what's the best way for my listeners to be in contact with you after the show? And is there anything that you're working on that you'd like to share about? Well, my director and I just put our first DevLearn proposal in. So keep your fingers crossed for me. Say all kinds of good good uh, prayers. And hopefully I'll be able to see all of you at DevLearn in Vegas in October. How exciting. That's a huge, a monumental thing. Congrats. We're pretty excited about it. So hopefully, fingers crossed. And folks can contact me, of course, on LinkedIn um, or at the University of Florida. Just see Oberlin at ufl.edu. Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing all about finding your niche with us today. I also want to give a shout out to you, my listeners, for learning with us. Until next time, stay open, receptive, and kind.